Hello, Chit Chatters, and welcome to another episode of Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, the podcast. So this week's episode, I'm hosting with a good friend of mine, Crystal Hicks. Crystal Hicks is the founder and owner of Job Talk LLC. I'm really excited to have Crystal on this week's episode because we're talking about how to create a coaching business when you have a full-time job and the experience of transitioning from that day job to your own side hustle and side gig and creating all the things you need to do that are essential in that process. So I'm really excited to have Crystal on the show. You don't want to miss this episode. Let's dive in. Hey, Crystal, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited that you're on the show today. Um, I've been looking forward to this day for a couple weeks now. (laughs) So I'm so glad you agreed to join us. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell our listeners today a little bit about yourself, who Crystal Hicks is, what you do, and then we'll jump into some juicy questions. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, So... I am currently the career strategist and founder of Job Talk, which is a one-on-one career counseling practice in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. But my clients are pretty much scattered all over the country. I have a couple clients in London. And I think because of COVID, right, everything's virtual now anyway. But it's great. My practice is really inclusive. I try to be really affordable and accessible and really focus on working with people that are coming up on a transition or... They've already been sort of going through the job search process and they're hitting barriers and they just need help removing those barriers and kind of figuring out what is going on. It's been great. My, my job has been jobs for about 12 years. So I started my career in staffing, which was a grind. And I thought, oh my gosh, there has to be more than life than staffing. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm also saying that as a, as a journalism major that completely fell backwards into the employment sector. I graduated from the University of New Hampshire in 2007. So the recession was nice and fresh, right? And uh, mm-hmm. knocked on my door. I bartended for a year and fell backwards into a temp agency. And they hired me to work internally. So I got to know this whole amazing employment sector kind of by accident. And I loved still writing. I was blogging about employment stuff at that point. So I've never abandoned the writer in me. But I really loved coaching people. And so even during um, my time at the staffing firm, I, I would have people come in that were you know, recent grads. And I'm like, gosh, isn't there an office at your college that like does this stuff? Shouldn't you be? <laughs> you know, isn't there career services? Isn't that thing? And so I actually um, left staffing and got into career services and did that for seven or eight years. I became the director of career services at UNH, my alma mater. Even worked at a jail for a couple of years part-time, just a couple hours in the morning each week doing pre-release employment counseling for folks that were coming out. And then after career services, I got scooped up by one of my favorite employers that used to always come to my job fairs at UNH, uh, Lint Chocolate. So their US headquarters. I know. I just used to joke I'd go back to career fairs when I worked there and I'd be like, hey, if you think the freshman 15 is bad on your campus, try come work in here. (laughs) Okay. Good recruiting Um, tool. Yeah. (laughs) So it was great. Lint brought me on board to kind of um, overhaul all of their employer branding. You know, I was, I kind of had told my VP at that time, listen, my students know why they love to eat your chocolate, but none of them really know why they should want to work for you. So you don't have a product brand issue, but you have an employer brand issue. So they really brought me in to overhaul all of that. I was in charge of all of their recruitment for their US headquarters. I think I was hiring about 80 people a year across all corporate functions. And then 
you know, kind of what brings me to job talk was this was like the seedling that was always planted in the back of my brain, right? Like someday I'll open my own group counseling practice. Maybe it'll be the retirement gig, right? But working in corporate was so amazing. And Lynn was really supportive. And my VP at the time was really, really great. And I, I gave her a 12-month notice and kind of told her that I was going to throw my hat in the ring and do this. And she was great. And I, I just started socking away money and paid off all my student loans and really just minimized my overhead as much as possible and saved up as much money as I possibly could. And then April of 2019, I, I jumped out and did it. Wow. That's such an amazing journey and story. And I think the fact that you were able to do that from one recession into another one <laughs> and, you know, even a pandemic now surviving that as self-employed, full-time, hustling, you know, doing all the things, you're everywhere and such a unique way how we met too, which I think is crazy how small this world is. So I adore the fact that like we have this amazing relationship. But I think what stands out to me the most about your story and your journey is that you've pivoted so many times from the time you graduated college to now becoming a successful business owner. So what I really want to dive into is if someone who's right now trying to figure out what their next step is and their next adventure is how do you start a coaching business? Because I think that we just do, right? Especially when we're these people who are, I don't want to say type A, but like when, we're, we, when we've worked in employment and human resources and recruitment, and we worked in career fields, both we both have that background. Right. We don't have the rule book. We didn't write it. We just figured it out and did it. But I want people who listen to this, who may be thinking about pivoting into creating their own business and even maybe coaching business, the steps... So if you mm-hmm. can share a little bit about what was your process? I know mean, you started saying that you saved, you gave your boss a year. Start from there. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And this is something that I, I preface by saying, this is just how I wound up doing it. I, do, I have met amazing people that took a leap of faith, quit a job with nothing lined up, became self-employed and they're doing great, right? So I want to preface this by saying this is merely one way of, of how to do it. This is how I did it. So for me, and I know you and I have talked about this, when jobs are your job, everybody in your life that is ever job hunting comes to you. <laughs> and so whether it was family members, friends, friends of friends, neighbors of family, whoever it was, I was finding myself having coffee with people constantly. I mean, I'm spending my Saturdays meeting people and kind of helping them through this process. And I just finally thought to myself, I'm doing this for free. And, and there's got to... My time is worth something. And, and what does this that. look like? Yes. <laughs> and I want to dive into that too, because I think it's so important. And we just talked about this, but how do you, how do you value your time? Because I think yes. a lot of people second-guess themselves. And I know that we talk about the market and you want to feel the market and know what you're worth, but I'll let you keep saying that. I want to... I'll, about I'll layer that in. No, that's a fantastic um, point. So here I am. I finally get to this point, right? Where I'm thinking I want to do this. And I had a, I was very fortunate where my, my vice president of HR at Lint and I had, had a great relationship. And, and I told her, I said, listen, my long-term goal isn't to stay climbing the corporate ladder forever. Ultimately, I spent about four years or three and a half years at Lint. And I'm also going to be very real. 
working in higher ed, you do it because you love it, right? This is not not where we make the money. (laughs) And I tell my students that now too. I still teach classes at UNH. I tell them like, you better be so nice to your faculty members because, and especially the staff, because these people are not making a lot of money. And so I'll be very transparent. I was the director of career services at UNH. I had a team of six that reported to me directly and I was making maybe 60K. I was teaching classes for extra money, you know? And I'm talking, I, we oversee, my department oversaw career services for the entire university, 200 plus majors, 16,000 students. And I'm making 60K, you know? And I've got a master's degree. So the thing you is, it's hard to get to that place. Yes. You're not being valued for your time, your energy, right. and goes with it. So it was just one of those nagging things in the back of my mind, right? Like, but the, the other thing too, is I will say, I grew up with no money. Like I was first generation. My parents didn't go to college. Like I kind of was always accustomed to living very lean anyway. But when I got the job at Lint, I went from a director title to a manager title. I went from a team of six to zero direct report. And I more than doubled my income. Amazing. And it's the shift of like, whether it's education, higher education, public, nonprofit, private, nonprofit. There's a huge dynamic there. I mean, huge difference. I've met people that work at private colleges that make great money. Um, UNH is a state-funded higher education institution, right? Like it's it's a nonprofit. They they don't have the same budget. So when I went to Lynn, you know, when you've always grown up being financially motivated, and all of a sudden, a couple years into that job, I'm like, wow, I just paid off all my debt. Wow, I just paid off all my student loans. Wow, I'm actually saving money for the first time. Like wait, hold up, hold up. You mean I don't have to be financially motivated anymore? Like what else do I care about? And so that was for me, you know, I talk to my clients all the time about that work-life relationship pendulum, right? Because it is, it swings drastically in life. And I went from a point where I used to be very money motivated because I always was and I had to be. And now I really wanted to own my own time so badly. I, want, I was working 60, 70 hours a week. I was a team of one. My team valued me. I felt very appreciated. It was a, it's an awesome company, but I really wanted to own my own time. And so... And I think that's so important because I think about our generation who are millennials and the mm-hmm. things that we, as we get older and as we get further into our careers, what do we really value and what do we absolutely value out of life? We're fortunate that we've played this game in working in career and working in the corporate world and recruitment that we can figure it out. But the people that we work with and our clients need our help. Yes, yes. And, and I think that that something I say constantly is understand what you value. And, and not just know what it is that you value, but understand why you value that. And also, don't let people shit on you. You know, I tell people all the time, stop shitting on me. Like, stop telling me, oh, you should stay in corporate. What do you mean you're leaving corporate? And especially for women, it's like, oh, you've made it. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Thinking about leaving this big salary? What are you thinking? You know, and so it's like How stop. Dare you think that or want something more for yourself? Right, of course. Stop being too, so ambitious, right? Yeah. So I, I think that for me, it was really just, and you have to understand too. Like my again, my parents were. For, I'm first generation. My dad died when I was 20 when I was in college, and he was like my my world, right? But even my mom, like very, very supportive, but 
they don't know what they don't know. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't know where I'm at in this point. So I didn't really have a lot of people to soundboard this with. And, and my VP again was like so supportive. So it came down to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm meeting with all these people. I've seen how much I'm helping them. I feel so fulfilled doing this kind of work. Yes, my corporate gig is paying this great paycheck, but like, what, how much money do I actually have to make? And this is where things started shifting for me. I, I started to break down, and this is where we really talk about like, what is our time worth, right? When you're starting to build a menu of services, or you're thinking about kind of launching off into a coaching business, how do you monetize your time? And an unproductive time versus productive time, right? And billable hours. And like you start to really change your relationship with money through this thought process. And so I busted out an Excel spreadsheet and I put down, I pulled credit card statements. I started breaking down everything I pay out in a month, everything I pay out in a quarter, everything. Like I just tried to put everything, I mean, Hulu getting your nails done. How many times I like to go out to eat every month? Like really holding myself accountable. Pet insurance. <laughs> like <laughs> the little things that are on my, you know, auto charges on my credit card that we forget about. And yet that is money we are spending. Yeah. And so I really looked at that and I said, okay, how much money do I have to make in a year to pay for my bills and to allow myself to still buy groceries and still go out every now and then, what is that number? And how low can I actually get that number down? And I will say this, like I'm 35 years old. I don't own a house. I have, right? I was that person who was 30 in a five-year relationship, owned a house, had the director gig, thinking that I am checking off all these boxes that society is saying I have to check off and I've never been more unhappy. And I will sit here right now and say, as a 35-year-old woman who rents an apartment, but in a city that I love because understand what you value, I like to walk places. I want to walk and get my coffee in the morning. So yes, my podcast is for millennials, but my audience is women for mm-hmm. 60%. And they're over, they're between the ages of 30 to 50. My people. Yeah. Yep. And, and mine too. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm here for. Yep. And I think that anybody, you have to like sit back, take a second, relax for your, relax for a minute, pump the brakes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. just do that self-assessment, do that self-awareness and check those boxes because life will come at you real hard. (laughs) Trust me. Um, I can't even tell you, (laughs) like I basically blew up my whole life and it was the best thing I ever did. And and I, and I wish I'm nothing but the best, but this was the best thing I ever did. And I've never quote unquote, I've never had less and been more happy. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you looked at all my, my quote unquote assets on paper, I make less money a year than I made in corporate. I don't own a home. Right. So people, it would be so easy for people to look at me and be like, oh, like look at her sliding backwards. And it's like, no, no, honey. Like this was intentional. I have never been more happy in my life. I sleep in when I want to. I work as much or as little as I want to. I can turn that dial on client volume up or down based on how I market my business. And I will tell you right now that the mental health, my physical health, like... It's amazing. It's I'm so happy. I love what I do. And it allowed me to really ask myself, what else do I care about? Like, how else do I want to spend my time? Right. Uh, we, we were talking earlier about teaching. 
I teach a college to career class for business students at, at UNH. And that's great supplemental income. And I love teaching. I love being in front of the students. It's not my... It doesn't have to be 100% of my, my income. It's this addition, mm-hmm. right? So it's this idea of like... Be, Yes, like we can have multiple revenue streams. And that's something that I I love. You know, if I have a a corporate client that reaches out to me and says, Hey, I know you typically work with job seekers, but um, I'm looking for someone to come in and hold like a LinkedIn 101 for my sales team, you know, to show them how to better use the platform. You know, can you do that? Or looking for someone to come in and overhaul my hiring practices. I love that I get to choose the projects that I work on. And that is something that, as someone who's always had my client base dictated to me, is one of the most rewarding things because if you're if you're just a, a terrible human and if you got fired from your last job for sexually harassing someone, guess what? I don't have to work with you. I don't have to help you. And in the past positions that I've had, you've had to help everyone. I had to help people. Yeah. And and so that's where I think that there's really this sense of ownership that comes with this and that sense of autonomy. You cannot put a price on that. And I think, you know, the George Floyd situation right? The George Floyd murder and the Black Lives Matter movement that happened. I was able to put out a statement of how I feel and wrap that around my business header and have that be something that I can say that my business represents, right? Like if I have... I, I, I put my pronouns in my name header on LinkedIn because I work with folks from the trans community. You know, like I want this practice to mean something to the people that I'm working with. If I was working for another company, oh, you have to run everything up the flagpole. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this? Is it too risky to take this stance? And it's like, these are the, the other part of it too is that you talk, we, you hit on it very briefly, but you kind of elaborated to all the things that lead to that mm-hmm. burnout that mm-hmm. I think so many of us, I mean, we talk about the Black Lives Movement for just a second, because I did an episode mm-hmm. on that, if anybody wants to listen to that one, but that's still happening, that we're living and we're going to live for a long time. And this COVID pandemic that, first of all, I have to give you the kudos to say like you went through the startup process of your business, which I want to touch base on some mm-hmm. of the approaches you've taken in the steps. But then also like you're, you're working successfully with full-time nine, 10 hours a day when you choose to do that back-to-back clients. You're not slowing down. No. In 2020, no. <laughs> right? In 2020, right? So those are the things that like on your time, still full schedule. For people who don't think or believe when is a good time to start a business, do it now. Oh, absolutely. And I will tell you, I am not impulsive. I am somebody who is also not risk adverse. So I'm open to taking some you know, calculated risks with what I'm doing. But I'm going to plan as much as I can possibly plan and then leave the rest to fate, right? So when it came to me giving a 12-month notice and leaving Lint, it was like, okay, I know what that number is now, right? I know what I need to make because I kept my overhead so low because I don't, I didn't go out and buy the condo, right? I didn't, I didn't say, I want to go buy a new car this year, or you know, I'm gonna go on all these vacations, right? And like blow through my great paychecks that I was getting from corporate. I had 12 months and I said, I'm gonna save up as much as I possibly can. And I will feel... And this is what I think everyone needs to get to when they're having this conversation with themselves about when is the right time to to launch into my self-employment. What do you have to have in the bank to feel comfortable enough 
to make that leap? And that answer is going to be really different for everybody. Some people might say zero and they're totally good to go. That would have, I would, I would literally have a panic attack every single day. I couldn't do that. (laughs) So for me, right. For me, it was like, okay, Excel spreadsheet. Here's what I need to make because here's what I pay out in a year to live. Right. So if I can make, so my number was like $40,000, right? If I really drill down, I can survive on $40,000 a year. Because again, I don't have kids. I've chosen the things that I've chosen strategically, right? I don't own a house, right? I can control my costs. And so I said, I want to save up enough money where I can pay my bills for a year in case this whole thing burns to the ground. And that for me was what I needed to feel safe making this move. And so I projected based on my income and all this other stuff, okay, how much notice should I give? I also wanted to really leave my company in a good place. I backfilled myself with two people. So I hired two people to come in and do my job. That's always a nice feeling. That's amazing. Yeah. The feminist in me loved that I hired two men to do my job. And (laughs) you know what I mean? So, but it was like, I really wanted to do right by them as well. Cause it wasn't lost on me that the opportunity was given to me. And so 12 months. Yeah, exactly. And they're still wonderful contacts of mine. They've hired me to do consulting for them. So so 12 months, right? In this 12-month period, you're like, okay, told my VP, it's go time. This is really happening. April of 2019 is going to come super quick. What do I need to do to be prepared? So I built... I used Squarespace. I built my website. Started with bare bones. Didn't tell anybody. So I kind of built it at my own pace. I wasn't worried about people jumping onto it. I jumped onto LegalZoom and I found out, okay, what's it going to cost for me to start an LLC in the state of New Hampshire? I wanted to get my employee ID number, which is like the taxable, you know, makes you a a legitimate taxable business. Um, Got that. And that, you know, a couple hundred bucks and you're you're checking those boxes. So it's not crazy expensive. Um, Also, you need to make sure you're keeping track of all of these costs for yourself because even though I wasn't actually doing the business yet, these are startup costs. And so when you sit down with your CPA, which you definitely want to find a good CPA that works with small businesses, that's going to be your go-to person. I I sat down with my CPA when I first decided to do this and said, tell me what I need to know. Assume I know nothing because I know nothing. So tell me everything I need to keep track of in advance so I'm not totally screwed 12 months from now, right? Bring and so with you. <laughs> yes, like tell me what I need to know. And so you just start building building the building blocks, right? You're just laying the bricks of this path and you're taking one step at a time, right? I thought, okay, I need to like little things. I need to purchase Microsoft Office for my computer. I need I want Outlook, right? Like I don't want to use G Suite for this. I want Outlook because that's what I'm used to using. So I need to purchase Office 365. I need to purchase a scheduling system. So I use Calendly, which I love. I needed to purchase QuickBooks Pro because I need to save all my finances and stuff into this platform. I think that's like 25 bucks a month. So you have these like little building blocks that start to come together. And the thing is, is I'm a writer to my at my core, I'm a writer. So I wrote every shred of content on my website. I blog. That's on my website. So I already had content for days that I had already been posting through LinkedIn and like all these other things. Other people, that might be an additional cost for them. You know, if they need a copywriter, if they need to hire a marketing person to help them with their website, these are the things that you want to start thinking about. So this was just, these were the little things that I started to really kind of outline. 
And then we get to that fateful page on your website that says services. And you're like, oh my God, this is it. This real, is, real fast. This is real. And wh- real, what, real what am I worth? <laughs> yeah. And so this is where... I will tell you what I did. I jumped on LinkedIn. I searched for career counselors or career coaches that were in my area. And again, I've been doing this for, I think, 10 or 11 years at this point. I know what I'm doing. I'm damn good at my job. That's why I'm doing this, right? I have a reputation. It's funny though, that when I went through this part of the process for myself, and not to interrupt you because I know you have Mm -hmm. a whole story you are telling, but I had people who are coaches that were telling me that I need to charge three or four hundred dollars a session, and then if I was doing packages, it needs to be three or four or five thousand dollars. I'm like, why? Oh my gosh! Yep. What? So that, in my heart, I could never do that. Yes. I could yes. never do that. I'm like, I know what my time is worth, and I know what I want to. Like, if I want to discount something I'm offering, I'm going to discount it to what I'm like discounting it to. But mm-hmm. to charge someone for $300 an hour or sometimes even $500, I had someone said, with your experience for over a decade, you should be charging $2,000, $3,000. I was like, for what? Yeah. yeah. And this is where I very much tell people that you have to get introspective for a minute. And and the thing is, is other people... Yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was... When I think about like the other person's shoes. I mean, I've helped people for so many years that have never paid me a dime because they're looking for a job and they ain't got a job to pay me with. Right. I'm like, I want to make this affordable for everyone. Yeah. Whether you have the money to pay me more, great. Give me a good tip if you want to. (laughs) If you don't have the money to pay me, here's an affordable cost at an hourly rate that you can decide. Either you go to the person, like you just like we can pick who we want to work with, we're yeah. going to have clients going to want to work with us. Yeah. And that you just hit it on the head. So, so for me, it was a two prong question, right? What should, and I always tell people like, should is a very dangerous word. What should I be charging? And what can I charge? And those are two different things. And, and the reason why I make that distinction is because the pillars of my business are affordability, accessibility, and inclusion. And so that is why I started this practice is because I have seen people who spend mortgage payments on a resume revamp or have just... They don't understand what they're even getting before they shell out all this money. And I've just always been very frustrated by that. I've also seen people who go work for like... They'll go to the unemployment office for their state and they... Uh you know, come out and the resumes are just total dog crap. And you're like, dude, this is going to keep you unemployed. (laughs) Like, this is terrible. Like, these people should be fired. Like, and I hate that. And I always saw myself, even when I was in corporate recruiting, I always saw, saw myself as an advocate for the candidate. And that's a role that I take very seriously. It is why I started this practice. And to be honest, I watched my parents struggle with employment my entire upbringing. My dad always had two or three jobs. Like It's ironic that I do what I do, given my upbringing. And so I I created a practice that I feel like my parents could have used. you know. And I, I wanted to create a resource that I felt like there was a gap in my market 
because I think they're just the seacoast up in the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area. It's, it's more affluent. It's very expensive. I grew up here. I was born in Portsmouth, grew up in Dover, went to UNH. I didn't really go far. Right. And I love this area, but it's very expensive. And so I wanted to create a more accessible, affordable option. So for me, my plan was to come in under market. So for the people telling me you should charge this, you should charge this. I say, Hey, listen, Thank you. (laughs) You go do you. You do you. You charge whatever you want to charge. I'm going to do my thing over here. And I'll I'll, kind of get to how this has all worked out in a second. But I also... The second thing I did was I looked up other career counselors and I realized there really was nobody in my area. There was one woman and I reached out to her and she's been doing it for 20 years. She has a very different background than me. But she was wonderful. She invited me in open arms and she said, girl, there is more business in this space right now that I'm, I'm packed for six months. I would love for you to open your doors. There's more than enough business. And the funny thing is, is when, when her and I were talking and she really did mentor me sort of on the business side of it. Um, we had one or two sessions. She didn't even charge me and I, I was trying to pay her for her time. And she said, listen, this is my sweet spot of who I love to work with. What's your sweet spot? And we realized that we actually love working with different demographics. And so I refer people to her all the time. She refers people to me all the time. Think of how many realtors we know. Think of how many hairdressers we know. You know, and I think that's so important to say because I just had this conversation with a client yesterday who she was trying to, she was thinking about someone she thought that I could work with. And she was hesitant to like tell me because of what we both do. And I'm like, no, I welcome camaraderie. Like, I think it's really yes. important for you to know the people that do what you do because you have to work together and help each other out. So like, yeah. hey, look, if this person throws me a bone, I'm going to throw a bone to them. And I'm mm-hmm. mindful of like who their clients are. Like my demographic may be very, very different than theirs. And so yeah. like, it's so important and so true. I love that you said yeah. that. And, and let's be real too. I mean, my style is really different than her style. And we, we, you and I were talking earlier before the podcast about um, assessments. She's big on quantitative assessments, right? I'm big on qualitative assessment. I am going to talk to you and peel through. My, my sessions feel like job therapy. That's what my clients say. It's like job therapy meets 20 questions, right? But we're drilling down and we're figuring out a strategy. And like the way that I work with people is just a little bit different than how she works with people. And it's the same way as if you were going to choose a therapist, right? Like you got to find someone you gel with. It's mm-hmm. kind of like dating. <laughs> so it's like, you yeah. want to, you want to vibe with someone and you I want to have a relationship that, with your coach. Yes. And, and not everybody is going to, yeah, not everyone's going to kind of be down with my style and that's okay. Like more power to you. I will literally refer you to other counselors. And I always give everybody a free intro session. So no matter who you are, if you're a new client coming to me, here's my Calendly link, grab the free intro session. Let's talk for 15 minutes and just figure out if this is even going to be a match, mm-hmm. you know? And I so think that's important. so important. And so when it comes to the actual price point thing, this was actually a really helpful soundboard topic that I had with this other career counselor as well was I was thinking, okay, I'm going to charge 85 bucks an hour because okay, you go pay 85 bucks for a massage for an hour. So there you go. And this is how I was rationalizing things in my mind. Cause like, I don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And I'm talking to her about it. And she's like, Crystal, (laughs) she was like the value, like the value that you're helping people possibly get a new job where they're making $10,000 a year more. Your time is worth more than that. 
because of the advice. And not only that, but like, you didn't just wake up one day and decide to do this. You're, they're getting a decade of experience and perspective. That's what this is worth, right? Like, can I, can I tap into one sec? I just, when you said that, yeah. it made me think about how, how did you feel when you had your first client that was paid and paid you what you said you needed to be paid because that's what your value is. What was that thing like? Because what you just said made me think about it. And I'm like, holy shit, like mm-hmm. I'm actually doing this and I'm doing it my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it where I feel good about the service that I'm giving, what the person's getting from me, and they're loving it. Mm-hmm. That right there, that feeling, that first paid client that you got that you don't know that was maybe referred by someone else, right? But it's not a friend or a family member, like the first brand new client. It, it's nerve wracking, right? I, I literally remember, right? Like, hey, this is Crystal from Job Talk. How's it going? And I'm like, oh, that sounded weird. I can't say that again. Like, it was like, even as you're going into the, <laughs> the conversations, right? But this is like where we all have to eat a slice of humble pie, right? And realize that it's going to feel weird when you're carving out this new brand for yourself and really asking yourself, how do you want to be perceived? And how do you want to be with your clients? And, and my clients know that like, I, I, I drafted up a new client agreement and I send it to everybody before we work together. And it states, here's what I expect from you. Here's what you can expect from me. This is my style. If it doesn't mesh, it's all good. This, 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 like, here's accountability. You know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna give you the fish. I'm gonna teach you how to fish. And if you're not looking to learn how to fish, this isn't gonna work. Right. So there's this level of that, that autonomy of like, to your point, getting to do things your way, but also that moment that somebody pays you, they, they then send you an email after they write you a Google review or they leave you a LinkedIn recommendation. And they, it wasn't even solicited. Like you didn't even ask them. That's the stuff that just totally fills the tank for me. And then you get that email a couple weeks later or months later, however long you're working with people. And it's like, oh my God, I got the job. Would have never done, would have never been able to get here without you. And it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that, that right there is worth so much more to me than charging a $4,000 package. Mm-hmm. And to your point, like, so when we talk about this menu of services, right? And when anybody who's thinking about coaching... This is the big barrier to entry for most people is they can't wrap their mind around what am I going to ask someone to pay me for this coaching, right? And maybe you're not going to go into a career coaching path. Maybe you want to help with marketing and branding or coaching someone from like a life coaching perspective or fitness and nutrition, right? There's lots of different things, but everybody runs into this service page on your website conundrum, right? Where you're like, oh my God, what am I going to put here? And I just said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to root myself in my values here with this company. Why did I open this practice? To be accessible, affordable, and inclusive. And that means transparent. So my services are a la carte. The only package I ever put together was recently and it's for uh, new grads and it's specifically designed to be gifted so parents can gift their new grad, a package where it's like resume and this and this and this, but it's, it's geared specifically for new grads. And I actually say, Hey y'all, don't forget that you probably got career services and those student fees are already paying for this stuff. So 
If you're not happy with career services, then come see me, right? Mm -hmm. But that's something where I was getting so many parents that were emailing me and being like, I don't want just one service. I want to like do a bunch of things for my kid, but how can I gift this for them, right? So I finally created that package, but everything else on my menus, on my menu of services, it's a la carte because, and and I put my pricing up there. Because I'm not trying to be like, oh, gotcha, or oh, or this versus that. It's like, no, and you this know, is what it costs. I love and that that's you it. Say that because there are people who have, who send their menu out and like, oh, well, how much is it? Oh, let me send you my menu. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and not, not that it's like, you know, forgive me for all those coaches out there for like making it sound like you're pretentious. But to me, it sounds pretentious because like, if you're trying to be transparent and you want to welcome someone, the person who ultimately can't see what you have on there may not want to work with you because you don't have it on there. Right. Like if you don't go to the grocery store and pick up something from a show without looking at the price. Right. And then they don't tell you what it costs until you get to the counter. Like, <laughs> put, put it back. I don't want it. Put it back. Right. No, I want people to fully be able to come to my site and I'm self-select right. in. Like you can opt in or opt out if this doesn't work for you. But here's the thing. I am also, to your point, I'm very aware that when people are faced with, especially what we're going through right now, right? Mass unemployment, a lot of people struggling. I hold a free community workshop every month. And my community workshop is usually LinkedIn 101 for job seekers. That's a $225, 90-minute recorded service that I offer people one-on-one. And I, it's, you know, when it's free, it's not recorded. It's obviously can't be as tailored because there's multiple people in the workshop. Right. And it's like an hour, hour and 10 minutes, not 90 minutes, but still they're getting all of the gems from that service in this free monthly workshop. Sometimes I change it up and I'll do, Hey, like remote job hunting is a thing right now. A lot of people struggling on how to find remote work. Let's make that this month's workshop. And you know what? I don't have to deal with anybody's opinions of what they think I should be doing, what they think I should be charging. And I, if you see my LinkedIn, I put something up recently where I went off because... I did see it. I saw yes, it. I, was, I, I was had like, someone... Oh, she's uh, on fire. Someone came at me. It was like the, the <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. I had some, some guy reach... It's always a guy. He's like, you're giving the farm away for free. Like You should be charging more and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... I'm sorry, but you know what? You don't actually get to dictate this for me. <laughs> you, you know, you know that I was. I'm listening to the advice from another coach who mm-hmm. said to me, she realized when she needed to scale, and scaling meaning I'm going to limit my time for how many appointments I want to book, and then this is the fee that I'm going to increase. So a year and a half in for you, you yes. may s- decide that in 2021 you'll scale up a little bit more. Right? Right, right. And my soundboarding with this other counselor, she was like, whoa, 85 bucks an hour. Like, what are you doing? You need to kick that up a little bit. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm like watering down the brand equity for the whole market, right? Like, <laughs> like all these other counselors, like, girl, what are you doing? Get your prices up. So, like, my one on one sessions are 110 for 75 minutes. And I, I pushed to 75 minutes because I found that 60 minutes just wasn't really enough for most people. I kept going over so I could adjust it. And the thing is, is that that's a session and sessions are specific. It's a deep dive. It's usually the intake. There's a lot to cover. 
right? But then it's like, I have other things that are webinar and they're going to be screen sharing and recording and I'm showing you all this stuff. And it's like, that's a different price point. I have people that need a 30 minute touch base call every now and then. And because all my clients have access to my calendar, they can grab 30 minutes for 50 bucks or whatever it is. And they throw themselves on my calendar and it's just real quick targeted advice. Hey, got this interview coming up. Wanted to talk about interview prep real quick. What do you think about this? Right? So it's like, I want this to be accessible. If it's too expensive, the people who need this stuff aren't going to be able to access it. And that's exactly what I want to, what I want to avoid. But the kicker to all of this, Jose, honestly, I don't spend any money on marketing. I mean, maybe I boost a post on Facebook every now and then for an event. But like, all of my business comes through referrals and through LinkedIn. So when all these people come and throw their shoulds at me, you should be charging this, you should be doing that, you should be charging $4,000 a package. Okay, homie, show me how much you spend on lead generation every month. Show me how much you spend on your LinkedIn sales navigator and all these little things and people that you're hiring to drum up these leads for you. Because I guarantee you when you offset that cost with your packages, we're probably not making all that much different. But it's so much more, it's so much more affordable for somebody at a lower price point. And so maybe my clients, they, they, won't, they wouldn't be able to work with you regardless, but they can still work with me. And that's... And they're happy and they keep coming back to you and they keep throwing yes. referrals because they know what you offer and they believe in yes, it. Yes, exactly. And it's all about you being yourself at your most, whether you want to call it vulnerable with your client or not, but you giving them what they need and whether it's really true, authentic, raw, this is how I'm going to service yeah. you right now. You need to get yeah. your mind right. And then yeah. taking it in, like you hired me for a job and I'm going to give it to you. Right. And you know, inflation is a real thing, right? It's not to say that my prices won't squeak up over time because that's just life. But I think everybody that is thinking about going out on their own and creating a coaching business is going to hit that services page wall, sure. we'll call it, right? Sure. And this is where you have to have a very real conversation with yourself about what is your time worth? How much do you need to make? And this is where I'm over here looking at my spreadsheet, right? My Excel spreadsheet with all my my numbers and I'm working backwards. Okay, if this is how much I need to make per month, right? Because once you come... little little pro tip here. Forget all about salary. <laughs> like when yeah. you go out on your own, it is not about, oh, I need to make this much in a year. Your brain doesn't even work like that anymore. It is like, okay, my, my bills come in on a monthly period how much do we need to be making per month, right? But I can take my Excel spreadsheet and this idea of, okay, I know I spend about 40... I live a $40,000 a year life Life. operationally, right? So if that's the number, let's scale back and just break it all down to brass tacks of like, okay, how much do I need to work? How many hours could I get away with just working this many hours? Could I get away with just meeting with this many people? Um, you know, and then of course, different services have different prices, but it's, that's how you figure it all out. Right. So it's like, okay, if I need to and you my goal find to your it. rhythm with it. Yes, you and do. I think, and it takes time. It totally takes time. And I have like, this is kind of like my last question to kind of pivot to closing, but what, at what point when you had all these kind of systems of operation, mm-hmm down and done and ready to say, my doors are open. Did you find that you were getting clients? 
because you talked about LinkedIn, which I talk about LinkedIn all the time. You know, I have a LinkedIn course and I've been like booked for interviews for people on LinkedIn. So we live in LinkedIn. It's our world. But talk a little bit about that because I think people get nervous. Like, okay, I'm waiting. No one's coming and they don't want to advertise, right? Mm -hmm. Word of mouth is the best way of being able to drum up business. But how did that work for you? So it's a great question. So I, I was obviously already having people referred to me, right? That's what got this whole engine moving. So I got to a point where I said, okay, three months before I go full time, right? Where I open my doors, April, 2019, this was like April 15th. That was like the date for me, right? My last day corporate. (laughs) So it's like, here we go. So this is where I was like, okay, a couple months prior, I'm going to officially announce my departure from Lint on LinkedIn and I have like right now I have almost 9,000 connections because I've been on LinkedIn since 2008 in the staffing game. Like, you know, recruiters and career search, like we are the most well-connected people on LinkedIn because we have to be. Mm-hmm. So for me, putting that official post out on LinkedIn, I had over 100,000 impressions. I had 300 wow. comments. I had 800 likes. That was my first piece of marketing. And I strategically timed that so that as people started to come in or say things about it, right? Like this is like your, your guerrilla marketing, right? This is your, mm-hmm. your organic grassroots marketing. And mm-hmm. it was really just... So I fully admitted that I was going to be probably doing double duty my last two months at Lint, seeing clients at night, seeing clients on the weekend. I was exhausted, but that's what I did because I didn't want to say no and I wanted people to come in but I also fully admitted to myself that April and May were probably going to be really slow. And that's okay because it's the first, you know, and you have to give yourself a little bit of a pass. I didn't have a full calendar that first month. In fact, I needed to take time off. I'm coming out of corporate. I was working 70 hours a week. I needed a vacation. <laughs> so I wanted to like read a book for a minute and like breathe <laughs> for a second. And this is where. I I think it's so important for people, again, to figure out what is that safety buffer that you have to have in your bank account or you have to manufacture your own structure and manufacture your own security. I highly recommend anybody thinking about doing this to read The Gig Economy by Diane Mulcahy. She is amazing. She's a good friend of mine. She writes a great column on women in the gig economy that she interviewed me for. And she has been someone who has just continually helped to propel me. But her book is all about how do you transform that side hustle into a a real thing. You spell her last name so I can put it in the show notes and if people are listening to it, they can look it up. Yes. Mulcahy's M as in Mary, U-L-C as in cat, A-H-Y, Mulcahy. Yeah. And she's absolutely fantastic. And, um, and her book talks about this. Like, you have to manufacture your own security because you're not going to have these guaranteed paychecks from this company anymore. But you also don't have to rely on 100% of your income coming from this one company anymore. So you have more flexibility and freedom. But what does that number have to be for you to feel good? So when I saved up 40 grand in my bank account, and trust me, that's coming from a lot of debt. Like, I had credit card debt, I had student loan debt. So this was that 12-month buildup that I was That's doing. That's generation. Woo! Yeah. yeah. And I tell everybody, I'm sure you repeat this too, I would always recommend to people find an employer to pay for that master's degree. Don't pay for a master's degree yourself. 
because yeah. there's so many employers out there with a tuition reimbursement benefit now. And my yeah. master's was paid for. And that was amazing. That's one of the benefits of working in higher ed, right? Is like you have access to that stuff. But that's where like once I had that, that cushion of that 12 months of income, quote unquote, in my bank account, I was okay if I didn't work for a couple of weeks. I was okay if I didn't work for a month. You knew you had I, it. I knew I had it. And that was what I needed to do. I needed to build up that own security blanket for myself so that I didn't have a panic attack every time I had a slow day. I could enjoy that slow day. You know, and I'll tell you right now, 18 months out, I just ran a report before we jumped on here. 18 months out, I have not touched my savings. Wow. And I have had 414 clients. That's amazing. In a year and a half. And that's not including my corporate that's clients. That's like my, awesome. my, my one-on-ones. I don't pay for marketing. I don't pay for lead generation. And I think our generation can speak to this. I mean, I think other people who obviously live in the corporate world recognize how powerful harnessing LinkedIn as a tool is. And there's a lot of people who need that out there. Like I'm, I'm sending people to LinkedIn. I was like, look, when you get oh ready God, with yeah. that profile, let me critique that profile for you. Yep. And I will walk you through everything else you need to do afterwards. Yep. It's but, by far the number one requested workshop that I get. And the, it is the game changer for I most people in their search. Of course, quick enough for what people are <laughs> right now. Yeah. The, re- the reality is that, like I have a foundations course that I've built from when LinkedIn first came out and every other LinkedIn presentation I've done in career yep. services. But the uniqueness of what I'm building now is so different because of the target audience I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in there. Crystal, this has been... Oh, Jose, this was great. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your experience, all of your knowledge. And I'm so glad that our listeners will be able to hear your whole entire story. Um, (laughs) Before you go, let, let people know how they can find you. We're on social media, your website and all that good stuff. Sure. So the website is jobtalkllc.com. Um, I've got my services on there, testimonials, um, an about page, right? If people want to know more about like the intricate nature of my background, Instagram, I love Instagram. It's jobtalk.llc for the handle. Um, I throw up a lot of free tips, a lot of free video clips too, around like what the market is doing right now. Cause I think everything is changing so fiercely. Yeah. So I try to keep my, my audience sort of like updated on, on Instagram but yeah, find me, find I me mean, Facebook, right? Obviously you can connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Crystal with a K, Crystal Hicks. Yeah. Thank you again so much. I appreciate it. This is such a great podcast. And I know your listeners are probably gaining so much from the fact that you're doing this. I'm so glad you're able to spend some time with us today. And I really appreciate it. I can't wait until we bring you back again for another episode. Woohoo! <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Hey, Chit Chatter. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I'm so glad you tuned in. Before you go, if you or someone you know is looking for support in building their resume, trying to get a job, or looking to just update their resume, I have an amazing workshop that I'm hosting on Tuesday, August 25th at 7 p.m. Go to the show notes of this podcast to find more information on how to register. I guarantee you, you don't want to miss this workshop. And if you're interested in getting coaching, please reach out to us at hello at coachingwithjosemiguel.com. I always include a 30-minute consultation for free for anyone who needs coaching, just to make sure you're a good fit. Thank you so much for all the love. If you have any questions, be sure to leave us a comment on the podcast. We listen to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
uh, anywhere you can find your podcast. So thank you for all the love. Have an amazing week.